Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else. We would like to begin tonight's broadcast with some corrections. The New York Times has done an analysis of last week's episode, and there are three major things that need correcting on it. Uh, the first one, the Mario movie is perfect. The second one, Chad quit Elden Ring because its open world was aimless and boring, not because he was a baby. Doesn't even make sense. He's 33. The last one is that Chad did not lose both of those gaming leagues. He just supported both of you in your respective wins because he wants to make sure that he's spreading his love to his loved ones instead of selfishly soaking all, all the good up in life for himself. Thank you. That concludes our corrections. We are now going to schedule, uh, resume our scheduled programming with Respawn Aimfire, the Kick-Ass Reverend Gaming Podcast, brought to you by Appable Idiots. I am one of your hosts, Chad Michael. I'm back and covid it up, up, Ennis. Uh, Adam. Mm, I forgot I was going to introduce you. I just said your name instead. So your middle name. Gumbert. What's up, bud? Hey, bud. Got a couple things for you. First yeah. of all, that's in a New York Times article. It's actually uh, thehardrive.net, which is a parody website. So <sighs> your information right, is actually incorrect. Next week, we got to do more corrections because that's wrong, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to do what you got to do. I got a couple things for you, right? Just because we're here having a good time. Good for you to be back. Um, there's not a Canadian here. That's because he's been deported. Back to the motherland, which is Britain, for him. Oh, that's Because he right. serves the queen. That's right. Or the king, well, whatever it is. is it really deportation if the motherland rules over and still owns your country? Like, it's, it's just portation? Yeah. He's been ported. He's been ported from Canadian to the British game console. That's exactly so what happened. A, I got a different platform, for you, but... So, Wario 64, five hours ago... Uh, Target is able to price match Super Mario RPG for thirty nine ninety nine. You're like, okay, that's good to know. I can get Super Mario RPG from Target. Dope. Uh, guess who they're price matching, Chad? Uh, Adam on Twitter. They're price matching Staples. Fucking oh, fuck. first of all, do Staples still exist, and do they sell video games? Because apparently Whoa. they sell Super Mario RPG, which is insane. Uh, I did not believe that when I saw it, but I believe Wario sixty four. Secondly, we were talking before we started about yeah. How much we like um, uh, what we do in the shadows, right? We're talking Correct. about the yes. Vampire Council Correct episode, statement. which is very good. Funny thing, I was watching today, Bob's Burgers, the episode with show, the yeah. Yeah, excellent show, the episode with the uh, with the Thomas Edison and the elephant and the song and that oh, whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, teacher is uh, Colin Robinson. Oh, the teacher who what gives is, lose a hard time about Edison. Again? Uh, Topsy. Topsy, Topsy the elephant. Yes. Topsy. Very good stuff. What's the song? What's you know that's what I'm 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 going after. What's the song? They'll say autopsy Topsy at my autopsy. autopsy. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. Good. Great show. Uh if you want to catch our great show, you can do that usually on Sunday evenings around 8:30 Eastern time. We were all we were basically right on schedule this time. Mm -hmm. Uh if you hate guessing what minute of the hour that we're going to jump on on Sundays, you can get us on demand on YouTube and podcast services on Tuesdays and it will always go live right at 9 a.m. Eastern time without fail every single time, we promise. Wink 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 wink. Um we've got some some goatee stuff, some game awards stuff coming up. We've got nominees in. We're going to learn the outcome of the Cozy and and Adam what do you want to call that? Is that a league? Is that a game predictions? What do you what do you call what you all did last week? Here's the funny thing. Um, I was going to look up what, what our actual predictions were. Don't remember it. Didn't look it up. So don't. I believe, though, that I did better than Cozy. That's all that matters. Okay, okay, okay. 
Well, down here. Oh, no, that's a different thing. Sorry, JK. JK this Rowling is, yo, hates this, trans people. This thing saying Alex one is a different thing entirely. You're right. Maybe you're it's right. about your correction that. from earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, oh, wait. The the correct correction. But before we get into any of that, <laughs> we are going to start with it's my remaster and I want it now. And then in parentheses it says JG Wentworth reference, eight seven seven cash now. Jordan Midler from GV VGC. <clears throat> Following earlier leaks, Naughty Dog has officially announced The Last of Us Part Two remastered for PS Five. Pause here. I'm going to come back to the title of this thing because I hate it. And I've already ranted about it once on this podcast, but it bears re-ranting. Re mm -hmm. Continue. The game, which will be released on PlayStation 5 on January 19th, 2024, will also receive a physical deluxe edition. The WLF edition, that's the Washington Liberation Front in there, or the Wolf, will include a... would like to fuck edition. Would like to fuck Excuse me. Hi. I would like to fuck. Edition. Will include a steelbook display case, four enamel pins, a Washington Liberation Front. Oh, there it is right there in the fucking notes. Patch. A total of 47 Society of Champions trading cards, including eight holographic cards. Naughty Dog also confirmed that PS4 owners will be able to upgrade to the PS5 version of the game for $10. Saves from the PS4 game will also carry over into The Last of Us Part Two Remastered. The remaster will include full DualSense support, developer commentary, and lost levels, which never made it into the game's final release. The Last of Us Part Two remastered will also feature a roguelike mode. Uh. Adam, it's real. Yes. It's really funny. Uh, the weirdest thing about this was, I feel like this happens to Naughty Dog every time, where this feels like a thing that they would have absolutely announced at uh, Game Awards, but then everyone yeah. was leaking, and it's like, it's true, they did the database, da, 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 and they're like, fuck it, here it is. <laughs> Guys, it's on Twitter, it's a real thing now. Uh, so that's cool, that'll be fun to do. Didn't uh, they, the last year they announced PS, the or maybe it was two years ago, they announced the Last of Us Part 1 remaster, right? And it leaked before the Game Awards that morning. It leaked too. right before Summer yeah. Game Fest, and they were like, oh, oh it was a Game shit, Fest? That's what it was. It was I, I it think was a it was. Joint. Yeah, it was a Keeley thing for sure. He always gets screwed, but he always gets the announcement. The thing for me that's most interesting about this, cool, obviously, the $10 upgrade, I think, is a thank you instead of making Excellent. me spend yes. $500 like uh, Matt and Dallas would love <laughs> to do for a new version. $10 is fine. Also, I don't know. I want to see how it works out in uh, like in practice. But the idea of, so I have a little bit more from the article, um, a new set of lost levels in part two remastered or lost players, a unique chance to check out some playable sequences previously cut from the game. Um, so it's like... This is stuff cut from the game. It's not like a fully playable level, but it's got like commentary stuff. So it's just interesting to be like, here's ideas we had that didn't make it. Walk around in it and listen to commentary about things we were going to put in the game. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen... Anytime it's developer commentary, it's like you're going through the normal game and they're talking about the normal game, not like here's shit we didn't do, but here's what we were thinking. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting um, thing to add in there. I, I'm really curious how I will respond to that when I see it. Because the closest analog I can think about is when you watch deleted scenes for an animated movie or for even for a movie that has heavy CGI. Like um, like the Avengers Endgame, when they re-released it in mm. theaters to beat Avatar as the, the highest grossing movie of all time. And they added like the 10 second. Oh, very nice. They added the, the 10 second Hulk scene at the very, very end. But it obviously mm -hmm. wasn't CGI complete. But the advertisers like, it's a new version of the movie with deleted scenes. Like that was it. And that's the kind of shit where it's like wireframes and storyboard sketches and shit like that with the voiceover from the actors. And, and usually I'm like, I'm, I'm not into this. Or I yeah. think about, you know, like the Monsters, Inc. DVD extras and they do the deleted scenes there and they're not fully animated. And it's like, I, uh, I don't know. So I'm not sure how I will respond to I think it's really cool stuff. Maybe I'll watch a, yeah. uh, 
uh, a YouTube video of it and maybe just turn off the video and listen to it as a podcast or maybe I'll have it on the back. I don't know. But that's really mm. interesting. Oh, I'm just interested. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm just interested that they put it in there. I don't know what that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. But I think that's an interesting idea for a video game compared to like a... You know what? I uh, Related to that, I bought... Um, so the only way to watch Far From Home was to like buy it digitally or on a, a Blu-ray if you're a caveman. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I bought a version that's the extended version that has like two or three extra scenes. But it's only the extended version. It does not give me the original version. So uh. I have to watch the one that's like... Yeah, these scenes are fine, but like I, I like the base version. They were probably cut for a reason, uh, for pacing. Uh, so now I have to watch the extended version anytime I want to watch Spider-Man: Far From Home. Fuck, that's like Blade Runner. There's like three or four different versions of that movie out there. I don't know which one's which, but I know that like the community objectively hates three of them, and only one yeah. of them is good. It's like, man, if you bought the wrong DVD, don't watch the TBS version. Yeah, yeah I know you're saying. <laughs> I think what's really interesting, the the Last of Us Part Two remastered will also feature a roguelike mode, and there will also be playable characters in that mode that we've never been able to play as before. I'm curious how much of that was content that was developed for factions. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if they're like, listen, we're not going to make a full fledged live service game out of this. Let's just—we've developed a couple of cool things. Let's throw it in as a pack in for this remaster to make good on. Like, we want some of this content to at least see the light of day. I'm curious if, if any of that is what was originally going to be used in factions, and then they're just repurposing here. Um, yeah. Say so. The quote about that in here. Um, let's see. Play as a host of different unlockable characters, some never never before playable in Last of Us uh, franchise. Each with unique gameplay traits. The variety of challenges featured differing foes and memorable locations from throughout part two, all culminating in tense boss battles. So yeah, that's maybe you're onto something there. Like that is a weird again, it's cool to get a remaster for them to be like, here's a roguelike mode. Yeah. That's like that's not a thing you just like pull out of your ass, I wouldn't think. <laughs> right. Yeah. Seems a little bit out of nowhere. Um the the other thing that I'm really into, I mean, obviously, there's not a ton of like graphical updates other than fidelity mode. Fidelity mode will now run at native 4K, um, because the game was already incredible. They've already rela- remade like part one in the same engine and shit like that. Like it's it's not going to get significant improvements, but I am interested in this uh, this Wolf Edition. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite collectibles. There are a lot of really good collectibles in video games. But I think top 10 is these trading cards, and it's just people from Naughty Dog as superheroes, and what are their powers and shit like that. And so, like, Neil mm, Druckmann is okay. in there as, like, Dr. Uckman, and he is, yeah, I can't remember what, what his powers are. But yeah, it's, it's just, like, a lot of really interesting, cool things. So that'll be a cool collector's item. Uh, and then I also, uh, I'm, I'm into patches for some reason. I don't even have, hmm. my idea is, I have this weighted vest that I, that I bought back when I did CrossFit, and now that I'm fat, I don't know if I'm going to wear it anymore. But I have it, and I have patches that I'm mm-hmm. going to put on it, because that's like what you do with these weighted vests. But yeah. like, yeah, I'll collect another patch for one day whenever I decide to be a badass. Or put them on a backpack. Person again. Nah. Or if you travel. Nah. Okay. We'll put no. on your weighted vest then. No. <laughs> that's why. But yeah, that's cool. I love that $10 upgrade. I don't know how much the Wolf Edition is going to include, and it doesn't seem... To it, at least it's not listed here. It doesn't seem to include a copy of the game, which I think is up. I'm all for. I am all for physical editions that don't include copies of the game because I would rather buy it digitally and I would also rather have it day one, especially for brand new things. But rather than all having right, so to I'm wait looking for Amazon at, to deliver it, I'm looking at the picture Steelbook case with full game. Okay. 
featuring additional digital content. So I guess it does come with the game or probably a, probably a, code a download for the code, game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. And four enamel pins? Fuck yeah. I'm not going to do anything with those, but I'll probably send them to Matt. Put them on a hat. That's what I did with my enamel pins from past. Uh, I hate the way I look in hats. <laughs> I don't do I don't do that. But that's it. Yeah, Last of Us Part 2 remastered. Cool. Making good, very good uh um very good customer facing moves there with that. I hate I hate the fact that we have now on PS5 The Last of Us Part 1 mm-hmm. and The Last of Us Part 2 remastered as the definitive titles of the definitive way to play these games. Like I would what else would they have I would called love it any though? kind of consistency. I mean just call it Last of Us Part 2 on PS5 for on PS5 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a, a pretty funny joke, which I didn't think about that. <laughs> again, it's, I know, I'm not one of those people who gets mad. Make a remaster cool, live your life. That's awesome. Um, but somebody did point out that there are more re-releases of these games than there are versions of these games, which I think is a little <laughs> funny joke yeah. that you can make. But no, that's cool. Dope, dope, dope. Oh, and also another interesting thought. I did not have this. is not an original Chad Michael and his thought. This was from either Games Daily or it was from uh, uh, fucking Easy Allies. Okay. Like, it would be interesting if there was a new way to play this sequentially. Like, if you could play day mm. one, day one, day two, day two, day three, day three, rather than half and half like it was in the previous game. I mean, oh, that could be yeah. cool. I don't, I, they've not announced anything like that, so I doubt it's going to happen, but, like, that would be cool if it did. It'd be interesting to see how pacing for that would work. Yeah, yeah. January 19th, too. I feel like... When did the show debut? I feel like it was January 19th of this year. Yeah, I think... I mean, it was early in the year. I don't remember when exactly. When did The Last of Us HBO show... Oh, it was January 15th. Before I even finished typing it, Spotlight's at yeah. January 15th. Okay. Close. Close. No cigar. Uh, Dope. That is our main quest. We're going to move on to playtime. This is the part of the, the podcast where we talk about what we've played. So we've named it Playtime. Um, Adam, you've started using lowercase letters in your abbreviations. <laughs> I'm curious, what's driving that? Uh, so what happened was I actually typed both letters in lowercase, and it just auto-corrected the first one to capital. Got it. Um, okay. Instead of me just doing them all caps, whatever. Like it is what it is. Periodic table elements now. Yeah, I am. Uh, that's palladium. That's gold. <laughs> palladium <laughs> that is P A. You silly. I don't remember. There's too many. Uh, gold so. is A U. I know it. I know gold's the weird one because it doesn't have the thing. I remember What's it, my beradium, barium, barium. A U. I remember my tenth grade chemistry professor. I don't remember his name, but I do remember that he, Mr. Dinkler. No, God, I wish that was his name. He he looked like he was as short as Danny DeVito, as rotund as Danny oh. DeVito. <laughs> he had, was it Danny DeVito? He had one of the he has one of those haircuts where it's like bald on top and then really long hair on the sides. Oh wow! Wore denim vests, That's... black painted fingernails. Rode a Harley, had a pet ferret that he occasionally brought into class. Yeah, sounds and like not a real human being. He but taught right. us. He taught us a little mnemonic, and it was AU. That's my gold. Mm. And then you get to him, and you get the gold back from the person who stole your gold, and you go, Ah, oh, gee, that's my silver. You thought it was oh, your gold gee. because uh, AG is silver. That's very good. Yeah, from that weird strange man. I yeah. like that. What is his name? <laughs> I'm gonna. You tell me what you played while I try to Google him. <laughs> All right, no problems. So I had to, where am I going to start off? Uh, what the fuck does that one even mean? So up here at the top is one I just played a couple hours ago. Yeah, it came out 
this week. I was like, sure, let me try this out. I like both things this is about. Uh, I played Persona 5 Tactica. What? I played about an hour and a half of it. Have uh, you it played is the... Persona 5 or Persona 5 Royal? Yes, I have Royal. I've played maybe 30, 40 hours. Of... No, probably okay. not 40. That's probably too much. Probably 20 to 30 hours of Persona 5. I heard um, from Barrett Courtney that Tactica spoils up to like December or January of Persona 5 if you've not played that far. Well, I did not get that far. Okay. I don't know if it spoils it because they very quickly just get into like a new adventure, but there are definitely teammates that I do not know who they are. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Like, you got the squad there, and I'm like, I know 60% of the squad. I do not know these other people. So that's probably the part that I would have gotten if I had gotten farther in the game. But it's cool. It's a little chibi art style. Um, you know, look animated. I mean, it's hard to say it's animated because Persona looks animated, but chibi art style. Uh, and it's a tactics game. It's exactly like XCOM. Like, it's a cover-based tactics game. Not even just like a like Midnight Suns where it's like, oh, it's a big arena. Do whatever you want. No, it's like legit, like, get behind the wall, shoot them whatever but it's got the persona stuff in there where it's like one more and you know you knock them down to knock them out of cover then you get one more then you do a team up and it's got all the little trappings of persona and half the game is like a visual not like they just talk like it's it feels exactly like persona but then it's like go do an XCOM battle so i played an hour and a half of that i like it i'll probably keep it up with it because i yeah i heard it's only like 20 ish hours i can get down with that i can live with that for good strategy um the next thing i played though Played more of. So, BA down here, which is Barium, or what, what was it? BA is Barium, yeah. Barium. Uh, Batman Arkham Knight. Okay. So, okay. it was in, it was installed on my Xbox forever. Um, and I was, because I had... I this is not your the, first time playing it, right? No, no, no. Okay. no I've, I've been that game like two or three times. But, randomly on sale, it was probably nine months ago, I bought the DLC like pack or whatever and just never played it but kept it installed for again like nine months but like i'll get to that i was like fuck i need to start clearing stuff out of here so i played all the dlc for batman arkham knight <laughs> just beat it all in like three hours time and then right. uninstalled the game and you finally get it off of there uh they're fine it's fun to play in the new <laughs> characters i mean they're, they take like 30 minutes a piece it's like go to these three rooms as red hood okay game's over all right i beat the red hood dlc very good and they all do that um, so I guess fine, I didn't whatever. even know that DLC came out, or maybe I played it at the time and forgot about it. Yeah, so it's weird because there's a pre-order bonus, which is you play as Harley, and then there's another pre-order bonus where you play as Red Hood, and then the DLC you paid for is a Nightwing, a Robin, and then a, a Batgirl in Robin one, I believe, or something like that. Uh, and the Batgirl one actually has a little bit of story to it, but uh, yeah, it was fine, whatever. Deleted that, never thought about it again. Good game, though. Because I was watching, oh, I went back and watched um, Barrett's uh, Batman review, because I'd never watched those before. I was like, fuck, I kind of want to go back and check that out. And then I just played the DLC. But the new, nothing to new things. Chad, I'm on a nostalgia trip. Okay, okay. The world is full of things that are like, do you remember 2009? You're going to love these. Um, so I played Fortnite OG with my son. Okay. Which is like, oh boy, look, I remember this, Matt. I, I remember this. You know, they got that whole feeling. They've got old emotes and all that, and it's cool. But it's whatever. It's Fortnite. But it's fun to go back and play old stuff. I haven't played it yet, but Modern Warfare 3 is also the same thing, where it's like, these are the maps from when Modern Warfare 3 first came out. Everyone's like, oh, we're playing old maps. But that leads me to my bigger thing, which is Halo Infinite. Ooh. Chad? You in Halo Infinite now? Chad, let me tell you. First, I wasn't going to be. But then I was like, fuck. Mountain Dew Game Fuel's back. <laughs> Mountain Dew Game <laughs> and Fuel. And Mountain Dew rules our lives. 
Mountain Dew. It is back in stores, Citrus Cherry, and they also have a purple version, which is Fruit Punch, which has Diablo stuff on it. And I was like, man, let me try this out. Let me get my nostalgia going on. I was like, this shit's good. It's They don't have a sugar-free version, sadly. So I had like one. I was like, well, never again. But this shit's good as fuck. Then I was like, you know what? I've really been wanting to play a multiplayer. Because, you know, we've got our barf games, but I just haven't. I'm waiting for Black Friday. And I'm like, what am I going to do in the meantime? I'm like, I would really like to play a multiplayer game. I just want something I can get in grind out with friends do whatever and i was sitting there holding that game fuel bottle i was like fuck am i gonna play halo infinite uh and i jumped into it and fucking halo infinite's awesome because again i haven't played it since the december it came out when everyone was super into it and then it's like there's no content here so i haven't touched it for two years and i came back and like oh there's tons of shit to do now and it's legitimately cool uh because there's also a playlist that's like halo 3 maps where they just remade like eight halo 3 maps so i'm just playing halo 3 maps right now um, John and Joel were jumping in with me. We were all having a good time. Halo Infinite's good, dude. It's actually good. I was like, I never thought I would want to come back here, but I was like, it's either Fortnite or Halo. So I was like, you know what? I'll do Halo. I played that like three or four nights in a row. Just playing those I old I was really into the fact that part of what I hated about Halo multiplayer, Halo Infinite multiplayer at launch was the season pass and the cosmetics and the way all of that was handled. Like, you have to unlock the left shoulder pad and then you have to mm, yeah, unlock yeah. the right shoulder pad and then you finally get the pair of them and it turns out oh you can only wear this on the armor set that you hate the way it looks and not on this mm. one and like oh fuck and then i unlock a cool shader and like mm, that color goes with this but not on the cool shoulder pads you just unlocked and i'm like motherfucker so like the fact that they just updated that recently to say all your armor pieces work on all the armor cores and all your shaders work. Like that's really intriguing mm-hmm. to me. And that's, that solves a big thing. Obviously there's everyone's freaking out over the, the rise in price for all of the cosmetics as well. That goes mm-hmm. along with that, but it's good to know that it's still fun. Oh, it's great. Again, cause these are, they've added some like a bunch of maps and game modes and shit that I never played. Cause I stopped playing it. And I was like, Oh no, this is fun to come back to. And I've got that stupid mountain uh, ringing around. I got all the Mountain Dew rewards for Halo. So I've got like the visor that looks like a green Mountain Dew. <laughs> I've got the the armor that's like orange tiger stripes Mountain Dew. Man, I'm Mountain Dewed out out here having a good time. But yeah, it's just fun to have friends to play. So shout out to Joel and uh, and John from Pixel Street for playing some Halo with me. We had a really good time. Love that. Love that. Um, the New York Times would like to issue a correction. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. <laughs> um, Palladium is PD. Sorry, mm. it is PD. PA is one of those radioactive ones at the very bottom of the periodic table that no one ever pays attention to, and that's yeah. protactinium is PA. What is BA, though? Because BA, BA is, is Batman Arkham. Yeah. Okay, so you're just talking about... What's I was, PT? I was correct. PT, I don't know if that is one. Let me see. I've got the whole periodic table up. But I, PT is the one where you're like, oh, it's palladium. It's like, no, it's not. Palladium's PA. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, palladium's wrong. But Because I was looking at HI, and I was like, I don't think there's an HI. What is that? And I looked it up, and I was like, oh. There is no H. Hawaii. Um, I'm not seeing a PT. Let me just Google. I love that you're looking at a physical periodic table to I find mean, it's a PT digital on one. it. It's a digital one. Well, I mean, I know you're looking oh, at a table. Oh, it's platinum. Yeah, PT is platinum. Platinum. There you go. Okay. I got lots of those <laughs> on my PlayStation you profile. Got two of those. Right? Three. Two. Oh, you have sir. three. Two I of them are Spider Man, though, right? <laughs> Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2 are two of them. That's absolutely Ooh, correct. Balloons for Spidey, baby. What's the, what's going on? Are your balloons gone? Are your fireworks my balloons? There? Okay, oh, there confetti works. Confetti works. Hold on. Balloons, please. 
Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> With bated breath. Ooh, almost had a heart attack there. Um, dope. Lots of cool, fun shit. Mm-hmm. None of that was uh, for gaming the uh, the year consideration. So I'm glad you're no making a dent in Just all those. Hey, I've already done my Denton. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so I have been, it's been two weeks since you all saw me on this podcast. And in that time, uh, I took a trip to Chicago for several days. And I had four hours, four and a half hours on a plane. And Adderall keeps me up on planes. Usually I fall asleep immediately on a plane. But now I'm like, I'm awake. Let's play. So I played Mario Wonder straight through on the plane. Got to Joel's house with his wife, and we played a little bit of Mario Wonder there, played multiplayer. Wait a minute, quick question. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to Joel's house and he wasn't gone for a wedding? Surprise, he did go to a wedding that Saturday oh when my, I had- Of course he did. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I was in Chicago to do a, uh, my comedy show, had a reunion show that we did on Saturday night, and a bunch of people flew in. Matt flew into town from Rhode Island, Connor flew in from Michigan, or drove in from Michigan, Alex drove in from the suburbs, and uh, Joel's like, I would love to come, but I got a wedding to go to. It's like, you motherfucker. Um, anyway, so yeah, went to Joel's place. We played co- couch co-op multiplayer because his wife was obsessed with it, and she was playing it already. Mm. And we convinced her to let us just join the game, and we'll play couch co-op multiplayer. And it was a, it was a big old hectic mess. <laughs> wow, yeah. There was the I was listening to y'all talk about it last week, and Cozy brought up Brian Altano talking about whoever who gets control of the screen. Mm, and yeah. it is it is you don't get to pick it is oh, whoever whoever finished the level like whoever got the flag first last level is in control unless they die in, in which it goes to a like if they, you fall off a cliff or if an enemy hits you then it transfers somebody else and it's constantly bopping around and it mm. is uh it's not a great system it is it is better than like I, I prefer this system over the new Super Mario Bros. system, where it's like the new Super Mario. You had collision. You would pick people up and throw them and shit like that. Yeah. And, and you would often like two people would jump to the same platform and one of you would die because you would jump on the other one's head on accident or something like that. Um. So I do like that. That that's gone. But yeah, the screen control is is a mess. Mm. But that's only in couch co-op. If you're playing, I don't know how it works remotely, but anyway. Uh. Yeah. Beat the game. Beat the game while I was there. And in fact, Couch Co-op, Couch Co-op, Elise, poor Elise was doing so well on her own, and then we joined her game, and and we fucked fucking it fucked it up. The next night, we get back there, we get back from dinner or wherever we were, and Joel instinctively just puts on the Bears game on the TV, and Elise just disappears. And like 30 minutes later, we go to put the dog in timeout, and Joel walks into the room, puts the dog in timeout, and he comes back and he's like, Elise is just in there playing Mario. I was like, what? She didn't, she freaking, she didn't even want to tell us. She's like, y'all fucked up my game so bad. I don't even want to tell you. I'm going to secretly play Mario in the corner in a different room. So y'all don't even, yeah. don't even know. She was like, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but since you're in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I went home. Uh, obviously, I don't do football and, and I was tired anyway. So I, I went home from Joel's place while he watched the Bears game and I beat Super Mario Wonder. I don't have a lot to say about it because I said how much I love it already and I listened to last week and I agree with literally everything Cozy said about it. So if you want to know my thoughts, go back and listen to last week and listen to Cozy's thoughts. because Take same. that man's thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Listen, look at that. Look at that typical white American male saying, see that foreigners thing? That's mine now. That's mine. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's British, so it doesn't really count. That's right, because he is British now. He's been ported to Britain. <laughs> um, so I played Mario Wonder. Um, what is... Oh, Super Mario RPG. That came out three days ago, and I've already beat it. And um, I'm not going to talk about the game, because we already have... Everyone knows how much I love that game. We had a whole barf episode of, like two or three years ago about it, too. So you can hear my thoughts on the game itself. But the the remastered version is fucking gorgeous, Adam. It is, mm-hmm. it is exactly what I want. That The art style, it is... Uh, the the music like you can toggle between the old versions of the music and the new versions of the music and it's just like I was listening to the new ones I was like oh yeah man I fucking love the song and then I didn't realize it and I went and switched back and I was like oh fuck this sounds so much different and I love it it was, it was fantastic but essentially the game itself is it's like the Zelda Link's Awakening version of Super Mario RPG where it's hmm. it is at its core basically just a graphics update um a lot of the a lot of the rest of the systems are the same, but the one thing I'm a little bummed about, honestly, is that it is they've made it so much easier. I was going to ask the, that whenever you finished. Yeah, the game itself is not really hard. There are definitely like a couple of really hard boss battles. Like I remember as a kid with my brother, we're sitting there on the final boss, and we scan it with Mallow, learn how much HP it has, and we're like, all right, three thousand HP, and we have a calculator with us. Mario just did 75 damage with his fireball. Subtract that because we were like we were like trying to figure out how do we make the best move and heal at the right time yeah, and use the, the right items. To do it. So there were definitely a couple of hard bosses, especially if you find the like secret Final Fantasy boss in there. Um, Sephiroth? No, it's actually so it's it is a. I mean, the game is 20 years old, 25 years old now. So, and I'm sure most people know this anyway. There's a there's a a secret door you can unlock if you have like a shiny stone and you go to this monster town. And there's a secret mm-hmm. door you go in there, and it's just like this big void. And okay. there's this 2D pixel art fucking Final Fantasy boss looking guy in there. And you hear Final Fantasy music playing. Mm-hmm. And he's okay. like, How did you how are you in three dimensions? How are you how do you have depth? I'm jealous of your depth. Please fight me. <laughs> and then you fight him, and he's got four crystals because of course the Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy battle yeah. music is in there. And then you beat him. So technically, this guy's name is uh Collier, Collier, something. I don't know. It, mm-hmm. I looked it up and it's a mosquito. But he doesn't. He never actually appears in Final Fantasy games. Okay. It is just like something to represent. So it's not Final Jack Fantasy. Garland from uh, Kill and Chaos. Or no, whatever. it's not. It is not. Okay. But he's gotcha. yeah. He's just like he's he's like man. Your your true power must come from your depth and your three Dness. It's like this. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, but that's a genuinely tough battle. Or fighting mm. a little tiny guy named Jinx in there for th- the third time. Like those are genuinely tough battles, but they're intended to be. But this game introduces a bunch of new systems into it. The first one being, they showed it off in the trailers, um, you can time your attacks. Obviously, that's a thing that's been around since like this game pretty much pioneered that system. You time your attacks to do extra damage, and if you time them perfectly, then everyone on the screen, it does AoE damage. Everyone on the screen gets mm. hurt. Which really takes the challenge away from like, oh, you're fighting now eight enemies on the screen at once. And before, you would have to find your, like, one or two AoE spells that, like, Mallow knows or something like that, or Gino. Whereas now you can just be like, cool, I'm going to kick a turtle shell at that one's going to kill all of them every time. And it's like, mm. oh, fuck, okay. So, that like, that gets easier, and you can also time your blocks as well, and if you perfect time, then almost every single move you can perfectly block and take zero damage from, even, like, big giant final boss moves or, like, sometimes one-hit kill moves. So, and honestly, it's not, it's not 
that hard to time them well. So it, it's easier in that respect. But I think the thing that I was most bummed out by is that if a character that you're playing with, your party has three people in battle at any given time, mm -hmm. there are five characters in the game, five playable characters to choose from, and you, before, a character dies, you have to res that character. All three of your characters die, you wipe back to the save. Mm -hmm. Or, there's a, this system in there where you could like get turned into a mushroom or turned into a scarecrow and kind of be useless a little bit. And if all of you get turned into a, a mushroom, then you're fucking, it's over. You, you can't okay. attack, you cannot use your special moves, you cannot use items, and you basically just, or you're sitting there until the boss kills you. But in this version, if someone gets poisoned or goes to sleep or gets turned into a mushroom or dies, it just gives you a little button. It's like, you want to switch it out for somebody else with no penalty? I was like, ah, damn it. Yeah, I guess so. I'll switch it out to Peach yeah, and then I'll res this person. And so like it, it takes a lot of the challenge out of the game, which is fine, I guess, because really, if you're playing the remaster, I assume you've played the original. It's been out for 25 years, accessible on mm. all these different services. Um, so you're really just there to re-experience it anyway. So like you don't necessarily need the challenge. But yeah, that's that's my biggest disappointment is that it's it was a little bit too easy. The new systems make it a little bit too easy. But other than that, fucking love that game so much. So two questions for you. Yeah. Because I've seen it. I don't know it because I haven't played it or whatever. How long was that game originally and how long is it now? Because I saw two secret discords, Chad. I'm sorry. <gasps> Damn. I saw two people in two completely different discords say on Saturday that they had beaten the game and it came out on Friday. Two different people like, I've beaten Mario RPG remake. Yeah. I was like, that game's been out for a fucking day. It's like, is this game fucking 12 hours? Like, what's I the deal? Did, yeah, I beat it Saturday evening. But it's How it, long is this game? So, I beat it. I it assume took me 11 an RPG is going to be long, I guess, is the, my no, issue. No, that's one of my favorite things about this is that it's like, it, it's it's shorter than most JRPGs. Okay. Um, I don't, How long to beat? In the new one, it says 10 and a half hours main story, 15 hours completionist. What about the old one? Yeah. I feel like it was around that same... Uh, the old one is a 17 and a half hours main story. Okay. 25 and a half completionist. Um, but, I mean, this is probably my fifth time playing through this game anyway. So yeah, I yeah. know everything to do. I know the secret armor and the secret uh, weapons to go get and who to equip them on so that the boss battles are a breeze and Peach never dies and she's just constantly resing people. It's like, so I know all of that shit, so it probably goes faster for me, but yeah, maybe 12 hours, 12, 15 hours if you've never played it before. Yeah, I was just assuming it'd be 30 or 40 hours because it's an RPG from Square, but it actually sounds better to just yeah. be able to get it done, especially if you went to Staples and got it for 40 bucks even. Fuck yeah, Staples, price match target, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the other things that I played while I've had COVID, I've been, while I haven't had like the energy or the mental fortitude to like want to pay attention and play a game much, uh, I have been able to try out my, my pee pee. Yeah. Playing with your pee pee. Playing with my pee pee. Playing with my PlayStation portal. Um, got this little booger. It is a, 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 we all know what it is at this point. If you're listening to the podcast, it is a remote playing device with a dual sense cut in half and glued to the sides. And uh, for me, I have played two things on it. I played Sea of Stars, which mm, okay. is JRPG, very much inspired by Super Mario RPG, has those timing elements built in too. So I was like, oh, this will be an interesting way to like 
see how that performs via remote play. And then I played Destiny 2, uh, a little bit of Iron Banner, so some PvP in Destiny 2 while I watched something on the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, just as another way to like, you know, test it out. See how, how, see how the latency and that kind of stuff affects timing-based, skill-based stuff where latency matters. Uh, and I'm very pleasantly surprised, and I'm I'm very happy with this thing. I will say, I am in the ideal situation, the ideal network mm. situation, the ideal all of that shit. Like this, it's capable of running 1080p 60, and but in order to achieve like the best fidelity, one, if you want to have a mesh network, like if mm. you're if you're one of those homes where like you have one access point provided by your internet service provider, and it sits in a basement somewhere in the corner of your home, and you think, oh, I can go to the bathroom on the second floor and play this. Just no, that's not going to work. No, you can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like if you had a whole giant building and you had one fire sprinkler somewhere in the room. Like, no, you want to coat your house with fire sprinklers in case a fire breaks out so that it covers mm-hmm. everything. And that's what a mesh network does. So have a mesh network. Do that, first of all. But uh, something that most people don't consider because internet companies don't make it a, a – it's not advertised on their websites – is upload speeds. Normally, we're all concerned with download speeds. Oh, I need you know so many megabits per second to download a game or watch a movie or stream Netflix or whatever. And so PlayStation says to get the best quality and best fidelity out of this thing, you it's recommended, I think it was, what, 15 or something like yeah. that? Um, Reasonable. Which sounds like it's, like, oh yeah, that's, that's super easy, super fine. But upload speeds usually aren't that fast. In fact, mm-hmm. Comcast, for its, which is what I am stuck with, unfortunately, here, is um, they, they cap out at like 10. Ooh, so that's my, rough. Yeah, upload speeds are 10 megabit. You can have 1,000 down and 10 upload. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you're thinking about it, like, sure, you don't need a lot of upload speed on the PlayStation portal itself, but your PlayStation you at your home PS5. has to send shit. It has to yeah, upload yeah. it. Um. So I am on a Comcast plan uh, when I called them and like, listen, you don't say any of this on your site, but I need upload speeds. What do you got? Mm-hmm. And so I, they, I'm on their too much money a month plan for 35 upload and like 1,200 download. You want me to make you jealous real quick? Yeah. What if I told you I get 500 down, 500 up for $49 a God, month? I'm going to throw up because I pay $130 <laughs> a month for my stupid plan right now. <laughs> I could do up to a gig if I wanted to, but I didn't want to pay him extra 10 bucks. I know. I fucking hate Comcast. <laughs> fucking hate him so much. And that's, yeah, any, if you have a gig, if you have fiber, basically, a lot of places have fiber now, yeah. but um, you'll get, like, yeah, same speeds up and down because it doesn't really matter. Uh, okay. But they artificially cap things. So check that out. That's something very important. A lot of people who I've listen to their impressions on it and are like, yeah, it works great sometimes and then it just doesn't work other times or it doesn't mm-hmm. work great outside the home. And so I I think the ideal is if you're playing inside your home, have a mesh network. Don't get too far from your router if you don't. Otherwise, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. If I mean, like the best advice I heard was, you know, uh, I think Blessing was reviewing it or whatever. He's like, yo, like just use remote play on your phone and does it run good and the place you are on your phone that's great good if it doesn't don't bother it's gonna be shit on the the portal it's exactly the same and then yeah check your upload speeds with your internet provider and hardwire your ps5 if you can Mm -hmm. because that's gonna like hardwired is is more about stability than it is necessarily speed although you'll definitely get faster speeds but you won't have like the 
the ups and downs and the waves and you know the peaks and valleys of Wi-Fi if it's if it's plugged in. So yeah. with all of that being said, this thing fucking shines. This thing is wonderful. Mm. It's fantastic experience. I had no issues timing attacks in Sea of Stars. Um with uh Destiny, I was I could tell there was like a little bit I was not as good at aiming. But part of that is also that I fucking suck at PvP Destiny anyway, so I didn't have mm-hmm. a good time with it anyway. But I didn't feel like there was enough latency to make it unplayable, especially for PvP content. But I'm sure PvE would be even easier. But um, yeah, I had a great time. 1080, 60, basically the whole time. In fact, I had more frame drops playing Super Mario RPG natively on my Switch than I did playing remote play Destiny on my uh, PlayStation Dang. Portal. There you go couple of nitpicks though the screen is not hdr mm-hmm. it's a nice it's a nice screen it's nice to look at it's big it's like eight inches it's bigger than a steam deck bigger than a switch but um i guess i have not looked at a non-hdr screen in a very long time and so i turned it so on i think all of mine are i think i don't have a choice to not have hdr i think I know, they're all right? hdr in my house yeah, yeah, yeah so i was i even took a photo of the screen and sent to the to the group chat and i was like is it is does this look off of somebody like it looks like the highlights are all blown out and i can like Mm. a lot of the bright parts of images all kind of blend together so that like i can't see detail in the highlights it's like does this look off is i wish there was a way to like reduce the gamma on it and and take that down but all i can do is adjust the screen brightness and that didn't seem to help and then i finally i was like all right let me go turn off hdr on my tv on the playstation i was like son of a bitch that's that's just yeah. what SDR content looks like, and I haven't looked at it in years. Gouge my eyes out, please. Yeah. So like that's <laughs> a, I mean it's it's fine. Like the the orange for fire, like all the solar damage and shit like that in Destiny, like the orange is so bright that it mm. now looks like really pale orange. So it's like oh, eh. and then some of the yellow stuff like almost looks white. Mm. Um, there's the in Sea of Stars, the main girl. Uh, Valerie or Valier, I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it. Her hair is really light blue and it almost looks white in most of the stuff too. I was like, ah, damn. Mm. But that's just what SDR displays look like, I guess. That sounds all cool and nice. Sounds like a good device for what it's made for. Mm. How are you listening to sound, bud? Ooh, through the speakers right now. Oh. <laughs> through the speakers. I'm not going to, I mean, I could use these AirPods Max and like plug in a lightning cable to one. Yeah, a wire. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not going to do that. That's not, this thing is all about like kicking back and relaxing while something's on the TV or something, or while you're in bed. And that's not something you want to be tangled up in cords for. Yeah. But I do have you my get PlayStation the Link earbuds pre-ordered, mm-hmm. ready to pick up at yeah, Best yeah. Buy on December 6th. Or try Staples. Or try Staples. No, I'm picking up at Best Buy because they uh, won the right down the street. I don't know where another Staples in the world is. But (laughs) actually, it's a lie. I went to Staples to get my TSA pre-check fingerprinting done because apparently you can do that at Staples. So there's one not too good for something. Yep. So yeah, PlayStation Portal. Two thumbs up, which also results in fireworks. I also like. Sorry, last couple things about it. Um, I like that it's. Like, it is what it is. It is dedicated to just remote play. So you turn it on, and immediately it's, like, connecting to your PlayStation 5. It's not like, open up the remote play app, confirm your login info, click the PlayStation you want to remote play to, hit this to connect. And it's just like, you turn it on, and it's connecting. It's like, I'm oh. here for this one thing. Yeah. Super I quick. like it. Oh, what the fuck else? What am I doing? 
Go to the show note. Scroll down. Um, that's it. That's all I played. I uh -huh. have... The next time you hear this podcast, I will have played Hi-Fi Rush Ooh. and or Starfield. Hmm. You might or might not hear my thoughts on Starfield if I play it. We've already discussed that earlier, where if I don't like it, I'm not going to say a word. But if I do like it, I'll admit I was wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait a... to hear you talk about Hi-Fi Rush next week. <laughs> yeah, there was a $1 get two weeks of of uh, Game Pass deal for Black Friday. So sign up for another two weeks. Get on it. We'll play that. Um, that's it. Let's go to our quest log. Go buy some Baldur's Gate plastic, says Chris Scullion at VGC. Baldur's Gate 3 is getting a physical deluxe edition next year, developer Larian Studios has announced. The Baldur's Gate 3 Deluxe Edition will be released in Q1 2024 and will be available on Xbox Series X, PS5, and PC for $79.99. The Deluxe Edition will feature a number of physical extras, including a physical copy of the game, a world map, an original soundtrack on three discs, a Mind Flayer poster, a Deluxe Edition box designed to match the previous game's big box PC editions, 32 stickers, two patches... Ooh. The game is also set to be released on Xbox systems by the end of 2023, and Larian said on Wednesday that it would be announcing the Xbox version's release date during the Game Awards on December 7th. Um, that was That's an interesting move. I, I found it really kind of fascinating that two of the six games that were nominated for Game of the Year this year don't have a physical release. Digital, digital only games, only, yeah. right? Uh, and it looks like this is changing things up a little bit i wonder if that I, I wonder if it was like a money thing or it was like you know what let's do a little like fan service like a, let's release a collector's edition just for fun as mm -hmm. a way to like give fans physical goodies if they wanted them yeah, it's pretty cool things i think the price is great because again the game is already 60 or 70 bucks so you're paying what 10 dollars yeah. more to get all this shit awesome there was a when it came out on pc there was like a collector's edition that had like statues and shit in it and also some of the stuff in here. So I think it was like, once we go to consoles and we're on every console, let's give them some little goodies too. Um, if somebody buys this, Chad will take the patches, I'll take the stickers, yep. everybody will be happy. <laughs> Good to go. But yeah, that is the thing I'm like, you know, unrelated. Yeah, we'll see. I wonder if Alan Wake 2 will ever get one. I personally don't care, but I wouldn't be shocked if like, Limited Run does an Alan Wake physical was, or some shit like that. I was listening to Easy Allies today. And they did like a, there was like a sales breakdown of the last month's stuff. Um, and on there, I believe they said Alan Wake 2 did not sell as hot, as much as they had hoped right off the bat. Like they, they wished that, that it would have sold more. And I feel like I heard in there that, I don't remember who said it. Maybe it was the CEO of the company. Maybe it was a PR person or something like that, that they were like, Part of what have like part of what contributed to that might have been that we didn't have a physical release, and maybe we're rethinking that we don't have a physical release. Mm -hmm. Um, so we might I don't know we might see a physical of Alan Wake two one day soon. That'd be fun. Uh, a little trivia thing for you: the collector's edition of Alan Wake one, which was an Xbox exclusive. I don't mm -hmm. know if remastered had anything. <laughs> I remember because I wanted it really bad. I ever never ended up getting it. If you bought the collector's edition of the physical version, you got a code 
for a scarf for your Xbox avatar. Remember oh, those? Oh, yeah, yeah. That just, was a little pre-order bonus. My with Xbox a little extra avatar right now has a little Game of Thrones dragon on his arm. My guy's got a cowboy hat. And he's doing finger guns. Nice. I also think mine has a VR headset. I don't know what VR headset he has on. Maybe it's just generic Xbox, but... Generic VR. Um, But yeah, physical edition skin. I don't really care, but I do like the extra shit. Like, if you're going to make me buy a piece of uh, plastic that pollutes the earth, at least give me some stickers and patches. (laughs) Yeah, that's fun. Those patches are pretty cool, too. Oh, yeah, they're awesome. Also, um, them talking about we're going to announce the Xbox release date during the Game Awards. I bet it'll be like, by the way, get it now on Xbox. Yeah, it's going to be... They said by the end of 2023, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's... (laughs) Either get it now or, like, get it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I mean, there won't be a physical edition, so they can just do it right right then and there. Yeah. Dope. Um, that is our only quest log-ish thing for now. We're going to pause for a second and do mm. things a little out of order. We're going to go to Game on Game Show. The Game on Our Game Show, we play a game called Game on the Gaming Show. The Game Show, game, 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 game. And no, I will never write it down because the moment I write it down, I'm no longer needed. And you all can oh, do everything I without see. me. I got to keep myself. I got to job security. Job security. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of job security, our game this week is called Snubbed or Snuffed, and it's all about game of the. <laughs> it. This is uh This is one of those episodes, folks, where this game is satire. It is satire. All right. Here we go. So the game is Adam. I have. I think I have ten, maybe nine, games that came out mm-hmm. this year. I'm gonna name the oh, game. Yeah. And I need you, actually, I have the wrong screen up. We don't need the screen up for this. I need you to tell me, is this a game that got snubbed, a.k.a. did not get nominated for anything at the Game Awards? Or is this a game whose developers might have been snuffed out? Like, they might not have a job anymore. Oh, So they got nominated for something, but also the person who made it might not have a job. Um, So that's the game, snubbed or snuffed. Um... Here are here are the qualifications for for both. Mm-hmm. For snubbed, that means they it came out this year, did not receive any nominations. This is why I said, hey, we should do this before the game of the war. Like we're looking at the yeah, nominees. Yeah. Hopefully, okay. you haven't memorized it. Honestly, it's going to be no. easy enough. It's just a it's a commentary on on the games industry right now. Snuffed is they did get nominated for something, mm-hmm. and they also laid off specifically at the developer this year. Yeah, yeah. There have been a lot of things like, for for instance, four days ago, 505 Games, a publisher said, we're going through a massive round of layoffs right now. So, for instance, Ghost Runner 2 is nominated, but we don't specifically know if the game developer for Ghost Runner 2, which is publisher 505, got layoffs. So they don't count. So the game is nominated for something. The developer has specifically had layoffs this year. Gotcha. You ready to begin? I am ready to snub or snuff something. Snub or snuffed. All right. The first game, Hogwarts Legacy. Snubbed hmm. or snuffed? Hmm. I would get it. I have to say it was snubbed. Because let me be honest. Actually, I do know who made that game, and I do not remember them having any layoffs. So I would say it is snubbed. But I'm like, did it get a nomination? No. It's it, so tough I don't think there was layoffs. I don't think there was layoffs, so I had to go snubbed. That is correct. They are snubbed. Yeah. No nominations for Hogwarts Legacy. It's tough because there are so many, like, there's best mobile game, best ongoing yeah. game, best esports game. Like, there's a lot of things that, like, fuck, I don't know. Did this game get nominated yeah, yeah. for something? 
Uh, so yes, Hogwarts Legacy was snubbed. Next game, Octopath Traveler 2. Snubbed or snuffed? Hmm. I'm going to say... What is that? Is that a... Who made that game? Is that a Japanese? Is that a Square game? Uh, it was someone under Square Enix. Yeah, Square published it. Published. All right, I'm going to say snubbed then, because I don't... Whenever Square Enix goes under or sells it, we're going to know about it. So the fact that I don't know about it tells me that it's probably <laughs> snubbed. That is correct. Octopath Traveler was snubbed. Zero nominations. Which is also, you know, some people are like, really? Hmm, interesting. Who developed Octopath Traveler? Is it like team project <laughs> some bullshit or whatever? Square Enix Business Division 11. Yeah, there we go. In mm -hmm. partnership with Acquire Studios. Oh, sure, no, absolutely. Tenchu that's a real way thing. of the samurai. Yep, that's a real studio. Yep. Uh, <laughs> all right, number three. How many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I have ten total. Okay. Okay. Starfield. Starfield. Um, that would. I guess it has to be snuffed. That is correct. Starfield got snuffed. It was nominated for Best RPG, but Bethesda Game Studios was hit with layoffs in January as part of Microsoft cutting 10,000 jobs. Oh, I forgot the whole Microsoft thing. Yeah. yeah, there was a little bit of the game. It wasn't a lot of game people, but there were some game people. I completely forgot about that yep. whole thing. Yeah, yeah, So, okay. uh, yeah, Starfield did get nominated. Yeah. But they might not be there making the game anymore. Or your, mm -hmm. uh, your favorite person might not be. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, number four, Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. Oh, well, this is sad. It's a snuff. That is a snuff. Nominated Oof. for four awards. Best Narrative, Performance, Ongoing, and Community Support. And they just laid off 100 employees last year. Or, sorry, last month. Mm. That's right. Was it one of those, like, their Canada studio or whatever, lost a bunch of people or some shit like that? Yeah. Uh, next one is Monster Hunter Now. Oh, fuck. What? Is that... The <laughs> that's the mobile game I'm assuming that is the mobile game yes so I'm like did it get nominated in the mobile game or I'm gonna say I guess it's a snub I don't fucking know I don't play that shit that one is a snuffed it mm, was nominated for best it? mobile game but Niantic who made it as well as oh, Pokemon okay. Go laid off 230 employees in June but still put out a game huh yep there you go alright uh, number whatever the next one is. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Future Redeemed. Uh. I'm gonna say snubbed. The only reason I know this exists is because I did get this in one of my fantasy critic leagues. I got the Xenoblade DLC and it got me like 90 points. I was like, oh, hell yeah. But I, I guess snubbed because I don't, I don't know. And that is correct. They got snubbed. No nominations. And Nintendo it's tends a DLC. to, like, they would rather eat knives than fire employees. Yeah, that, that's probably true. Or make their employees eat knives so that they don't have to fire them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, they died of natural causes, everyone. Naturally, you would die if you ate knives. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Can't control that. All right. Uh, Cozy Bear says hi in the chat. What's up, Cozy Bear? How's your dinner party What's... going? Describe it only with emojis in the chat. Go. All right, Adam. Mm. League of Legends. Ooh, I'm going to say that's a snuff. I feel like that company's just been having a lot of... There was a time when they had a lot of issues. I don't know if that's now, but there was a lot of issues at Riot, so I will go ahead and say snuff. 
Snuffed is correct. They are nominated for Best Esports Game, but they also laid off 46 employees in January. Riot Games is the developer there. Yeah, right. Yeah, I remember that, like, people were striking and yeah, there's all kinds of shit going on there. So, yeah, yeah. Cozy Bear says in chat, his mom is dead. He says, RIP my mom. She just learned what oh, OnlyFans no. is. <laughs> <laughs> nice. How do you just learn about it? It's been it's been going for like four years. Well, because Cozy's at a dinner party filming his OnlyFans stuff. And he's like, oh, what are you doing? Like, don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you recording yourself like that? And it's like, people pay money for it. All right, three to go. Fortnite. Oh, that's a snuff. That is a snuff. They are nominated for mm -hmm. Best Ongoing Game, and Epic Games laid off 830 employees in September. But Fortnite's making more money than ever. Right? Uh, Destiny 2. Oh, that's a snuff. That's yeah. a sad snuff. That's a sad snuff. This one's particularly sad because they were nominated for Best Community Support and just laid off a bunch of people, including their community support team uh, yeah. last month. Last one is Talos Principle 2, snubbed or snuffed. I'm going to say that was snubbed because I feel like it came out maybe like a couple days before the deadline, so there's no way that got nominated for anything. That is correct. Yep. Zero nominations for Talos Principle 2. I thought about including in here um, Pentiment, which mm. came out after nominees last year were announced, Yeah. Mm -hmm. but didn't get anything. But then I was like, mm it got snubbed and snuffed because it was part of Microsoft. Although technically, I don't think that studio was hit with layoffs. Yeah, I think Obsidian might have been okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Snubbed or snuff. Our, our uh, satire look at the gaming industry and how awful it's been for those who work in it this year. Yeah. And that's it for Game on Game Show. And it's ready to turn over to Adam for segment from Adam. Segment from Adam. Segment from Adam. That's a little bit of Mario in there. Oh, I, I, I thought yeah. I recognized it. So there's a little bit of uh, both things, right? Game Award nominations came out. Cozy and I did some predictions on them. I don't remember what we said, so I cannot compare those. If someone y'all did to do a it. lot of like loosey goosey, let's just put a slash in everything and asterisks here. And... That's the thing. He came to me with his things and like, what are your thoughts on? I'm like, I don't know. Change that. That yeah. one's. I don't agree with that one. So I think that I actually got the game of the year one all right, but one. Um, but. Basically, we're gonna we have a list of nominations now, and we're just gonna talk about them. But I do have part of my segment from Adam. Is it so funny that you decided to do that game? Because my thing was I want to go through these categories again, talk about them a little bit, whatever. Maybe just throw a guess out there. We're gonna do a whole thing about predicting and losing months off your life. We're gonna do that in the future. But um, I wanted I want you to go through and tell me what you think was your like biggest surprise or disappointment because of something got snubbed. Like, I want you to hate on these game board. Again, we're having fun. We're being oh, silly. Okay. But again, just talk about them all. Be like, why is this here? Because I've got some thoughts about, like, why is this one yeah. over something else? So, I've got, by the way, I've got visuals up for those of you who are looking, who are watching. I've got visuals up of, like, the nominees mm -hmm. for each category. So, we you just want to start at the top? Talk, but sure. Yeah. Just whatever. I'm going to, I'll look back and forth. But yeah, we'll just, you tell me what's up first and we'll just talk about it. <sighs> game of the year. Honestly, this is a this is a year with so much good shit. And like Resident Evil Four being in there, that is that is my one snub, right? Resident so Evil Game of 4? the Years, Alan Wake Two, Baldur's Gate Three, Marvel Spider Man Two, Super Mario's Brother Wonder, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, and Resident Evil Four Remake. Which I believe I said all those except for Resident Evil Four, and I probably put I think maybe Starfield or something else in there. And again, really good year. 
really you know fantastic and all but i'm like yes resident evil 4 is is very good people like that but i'm like that's the one right out of all the other possible like i said last week i'm like there's three for sure's and then fucking throw it at the wall yeah but when you throw it at the wall i'm shocked when re4 is the one that ends up again not that it's bad but it's just like you would think that something else would be that instead of a remake of rise of p you've got armored core 6 you've got starfield you've got so many games this year final fantasy 16 final fantasy 16 right i mean that's the one that you're also like why is that there yeah i i love resident evil 4 as a game i have not played the remake past like the chainsaw demo Mm -hmm. but man there were so many fucking good things that could have gone on this list and i feel like having a a remake of a game feels weird. Yeah. I don't think it's bad. I think that is just the one that is the least interesting to me yeah. out of everything here. Like, that's, again, outside of two games, I don't think any of these have a chance. But I'm definitely, if all things were equal, I would think RE4 Remake would be at the bottom of the list of the six. Yeah. if It, it was like, um, I don't remember what year it was, but when it was like Super Smash Brothers, I think, was on there. I'm like, yeah, it's a cool game and all, but, like, it's a game that came out in December of the year prior, and, like, that's not going to win this thing. Like, cool that it's in here, but we know it's not going to win, so why even is it in here? Yeah. That's how I feel about RE4 Remake. What would you put in instead? Like, what we just Final Fantasy 16. You would say like, 16? I think that's an easy choice, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If it's me, I'm just throwing stuff, again... I'm just being silly. I would, I mean, I do like the amount of love that Hi-Fi Rush got. I don't think he would be here, but just, I, I would say Phantom Liberty. If I'm just going to go based off like Metacritic and like what people like who vote on these really liked, that yeah. did really, really well. So it'd be cool to see that because it's the same thing where it's like, it's DLC and an update for a game. You know, if we're going to do that or a remake, like we'll do the thing that's actually new and different. I would, I, I would love to get your opinion on this, Adam. It's... Mm-hmm. When Starfield came out, Starfield was all anyone was talking about, and everyone was talking about how much they fucking loved it, and they want to play it 35 times, and they want to play it all day, mm-hmm. every day. And then it doesn't get nominated for Game of the Year, and I feel like no one's talking about it anymore, and no one seems upset by it. Like, are, is, Does that seem weird that that's not in here to you? No. As someone who played the game? I don't. I, I have not played Starfield, as we just talked about. Like, mm-hmm. I just got Game Pass 10 minutes before this podcast, but... No, it does not, not surprise me. No? I think... I like it is the thing where it's like either you're gonna like it or you're not gonna like it, and there obviously are a lot of people who liked it, but I'm like I don't think there's enough people who are again there's like, you know talking about kind of funny like Greg Miller was like this was my game of the year until Spider Man Two came out so like that dude fucking loved it and it's like it's either that or it's like I played it for four hours and didn't love it and then and you move on it's one of the two, so the fact that it's one of the two means that there's probably not enough people to get it on a list of six. It's like, so I'm weird, sure. It, I feel like I'm I didn't sure hear it's probably anyone like, saying the second part. Like I, I felt like when it came out, I was the only person in the world who was not interested in this game, and I never heard any criticism of it. But no, there definitely is. There just was. People were into it and were happy that you know, give Xbox their flowers. They got a win. Bethesda yeah. gave us a new game. That's cool. But it's very much like, do you like Bethesda games? Yes. If you don't, you're, you're, there's nothing that you're gonna love. So I feel like people when you talk about people who are voting. It's a, you had the people who love that shit, and then it's like, well, here's all the other people in the industry who were like, yeah, it was fine, and then moved on with their lives. So, like, if I had to look at all the of the votes, I'm like, maybe it's like seven or eight or nine, maybe. Like, I feel like it misses the cutoff just because everyone isn't, like I said, either it's your thing or it's whatever. Yeah. So, it, it doesn't shock me. I would also not be shocked if it wasn't in the top six, but I'm also not shocked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I could see it or I could not see it. 
Um, is there any more that you want to grill down that are interesting to you that you want to talk about? I, on that same note, uh, score and music. Like, I'm kind of pissed okay. that Starfield's not on this. I Man, listened to that, that soundtrack for yeah. like two months straight. In fact, it was it's one of the only things that I have like downloaded on my phone so I could listen to it while I slept on the plane, even though mm -hmm. I didn't end up sleeping on the plane. Like the fact that I mean, so what's on there is Alan Wake Two, which I haven't I haven't experienced that game yet. So and Baldur's Gate Three, which again I haven't experienced yet. Final Fantasy Sixteen, fucking rocked. High Fi mm -hmm. Rush, I've heard like that's the whole experience is the, the game. Yeah, yeah, if it's not here, that would make no sense because that is yeah. what that video game is. Yeah, yeah. Tears of Kingdom had good musical moments for sure, but I feel like Starfield fucking rocked when it comes to, mm -hmm. to score, and so the fact that it's not up here blows my mind. So what gets me, because I'm also with you, I love the Starfield thing. Alan Wake 2, again, not playing it, but knowing how Remedy does their thing, they hang out with those old gods of Asgard. Like, they, they're all about these weird fucking Nordic indie rock bands or whatever, so that makes sense. Baldur's Gate 3, banger. Hi-Fi Rush is about music. I don't love the music in Zelda, because I feel like it's a little too subdued. Breath of yeah. the Wild, I haven't played Tears of the Kingdom. But I'm like, no, it's nice, but it's just like someone's playing in a piano bar. It's not a thing for me. Um, So... There weren't like melodies, like memorable melodies and things like that. Just no. like, oh no, it's just like some cool background music that makes you feel some things sometimes. So for me, I'd be like, oh yeah, get rid of Tears of the Kingdom and put in anything else that has a big bombastic orchestra or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, it's also, I, even though I don't play it and I don't care about Zelda, I'm also not so close-minded and I realize that everyone else loves fucking Zelda. So I'm like, yeah. I get why they would put this here. But for me, just based on listening to music by itself, I'm like, that's what I'm least impressed with and I would put something else in there because like when at uh gamescom when that dude came out on that piano on the stage and played the starfield stuff I'm like oh boy yeah that's good music uh what else is in here that you that we have oh give me best performance best performance okay i got some go things to, to say about this I think that was a uh, best performance. We have Ben Starr from Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah. right, here we go. I'll just read them as you're pulling Got it up. It. Uh, ben Starr from Final Fantasy 16, Cameron Monaghan from Star Wars, uh, Idris Elba from Cyberpunk, Melanie Le Liebert from Alan Wake 2, Neil Newborn from Baldur's Gate 3, and Yuri Lontal from Spider Man 2. So, how do you feel about this list? Look at those. By the way, if you're watching the video, look at this handsome group of people. <laughs> I, I don't really have any anything to say about this because i've only played games that two of the six of these are in like i've only played mm -hmm. final fantasy 16 with ben star and yuri lowenthal and spider-man 2 you played a little bit of survivor uh yeah i've played a, maybe two hours of survivor so far not, mm -hmm. not enough to have an opinion about whether i mean i played obviously the first game but like yeah, not yeah. enough to have an opinion about whether he deserves best performance or not so what I'm, me and co oh go ahead i i, I am a little bit I am assuming Idris Elba did a great job. I've heard great things about um, Melanie and Alan Wake too. The the thing that I have trouble with is that like I feel like Ben Starr's the shoe in, right? I feel like ever like he's mm. gonna win, but I feel like it's ex like it's exposure a little bit. Like it is he was out in front. He was like, I'm I'm Ben Starr. And I voice Clive in Final Fantasy 16, and I'm going to do commercials, and I'm going to go on everyone's favorite podcasts, and I'm going to audition as Mario, so that you have, so that you know that I'm Ben Starr, and I played this character, and like he does great, but also like the the bar for best performance in a video game has been raised so much in the last ten years that I'm thinking about it now in terms of like I don't know if I'd vote for him to get best actor at an at an Oscar ceremony, mm -hmm. like 
where like that's the level that we need to be at now like this is like legit a-list celebrity super talented who's bringing those awesome. emotions yeah and while ben Starr as clive was really great i feel like the writing was better than his performance was great it was fine nothing bad to say about it but i feel like what really sold that character was the writing instead Mm-hmm. And he was, he was, I felt kind of one note throughout the rest of it, but certainly yeah. did the job well. But I feel like that's what I'm, that's what I'm concerned about in this category is that he's going to win just because people know who he is and he was out in front this year, not necessarily because he might be the best, but I don't know who the best is because I don't know most of these people's performances yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the thing with me and Cozy talks about it. It's like, we're definitely going to get your celebrities in there. Um, and then you're, of course, Ben's again, like I'm with you, like he's good in it, but he was definitely like. He was out there talking to everybody constantly on Twitter. Like, he was so public-facing that it's like, of course he's on here. Because, like, he was always talking about, I'm the dude who did this thing. Um, So, yeah, I feel like he's the shoe-in. But, like, I'm with you. I don't know if he's necessarily the best one. Again, none of these people are bad. But it's like, you know, Cameron Monaghan, like, carries that game, you know, mostly by himself. uh, And, you know, has a lot of emotion and, like is going through his journey. You know, like, his whole survivor journey is really great. Uh, Idris Elba is Idris Elba. So... Either you like him or you don't. Um, I haven't played Alan Wake 2, but I'm ready for it. The one thing that gets me... Oh, by the way, everybody in Baldur's Gate 3 is fucking amazing. Holy shit. They're <laughs> all good. Uh, so, shout out to Neil. Um, the one for me is that Yuri Lonethal is here, and he's very good, obviously. Um, but I'm like, Najee Jeter... Miles is a better and more interesting character in that game, and I think Najee did... I mean, he's the better character, so I guess that's the better performance, because he's the character I actually cared about more. Um... So I was like, why isn't Najee in here over Yuri if we're going to pick a Spider-Man? That's just a me thing. That's what yeah. I think got snubbed. My only... Again, Yuri's great, so I'm not going to talk shit about Yuri. But, you know, quote-unquote spoilers, skip ahead 20 seconds if you haven't played Spider-Man 2 yet. Uh, my man, literally, he he did the bully Maguire shit. He literally did fucking Spider-Man <laughs> 3 fucking bully Maguire. And I'm like, man. Like, I understand that's what the story we're telling, but... Like, Miles' thing was completely new and different, and I just liked him more as a character. So I don't understand. Besides the name, I feel I, like that's why Yuri's I in there. Feel, over Nazi. I feel like, what is his name? Uh, Naja? Naji Jeter. Naji Jeter. I feel like he did great in his role, but I feel like Peter Parker... Peter Parker's role was written... Like, th- this game was very much about Peter Parker's journey. Mm-hmm. And, like, Miles was a side character in that. And so it was written as, like, here is a showpiece for Yuri, and here is a character with so much depth, and he's going through a lot of, de- like, he can show this emotional range because they've written that into the game. Whereas I feel like Miles is reacting a lot to that instead. Mm-hmm. And so I think I feel like that's a little bit of, it was written to showcase Yuri. Yeah. And not Miles. And I I do have a feeling going forward that, like, Miles is going to get his day in the sun. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, honestly, that's my my assumption as to why Yuri's here. Even though it, I guess it's all technically whoever they wrote in on the ballot whenever the yeah, podcast and, and outlets voted. But yeah. that's my that's my assumption of, like, how he's here and not Miles. You know, think about it, who's actually better? Harry. Harry's better than both of them. Uh, anyways, I agree with that. Actually, I fucking Harry's fucking really good. Here's the um, thing. Um, old girl. Oh, there's my thumbs up plus. Uh, Laura Bailey. Nope, nope. She doesn't even literally say a word in the entire. Oh, game. Haley. Yep, Haley. Yep. I like she has her. some 
excellent performance in there. She's great. I like her a lot. Uh, is there anyone that you want to scroll down to? Because I have one more that is interesting to me. I don't think so. Actually, no, I do have one weird thing to say. Okay. Best ongoing game, Cyberpunk okay, here we go. 2077. Yes. That's not an ongoing game. That's a game yeah, they that, finished uh, this year. <laughs> it took them two years to finish it. That's not an ongoing game. That should not be in this cat. First of all, I I found it weird. I don't disagree necessarily. I found it weird that Cyberpunk 2077 was even eligible for a lot of these categories being like an expansion release. But then I thought, you know mm -hmm. what? Destiny Witch Queen gets nominated and that kind of thing. It's like, okay, Blood I get wine. that. But ongoing game, huh? So when you read the description, and this is the... Again, Jeff Keighley doesn't need to change a fucking thing because he just gives people a list and they vote how they want to vote. Yeah. So if they interpret it a weird way, they interpret it a weird way. But awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. So, like, I guess, yes, Cyberpunk is a different game over time than when you played it. I guess by definition, yes. But it also does not feel... Again, I'm happy it gets all the nominations and get because I like the game. Yeah. But I'm with you. It doesn't really make when you have it next to games that are all games of services and all ongoing like multiplayer games. Yeah, it is weird for it to be there. But I guess <sighs> it's there on a technicality. But that's like best yeah. indie game, which is it's a uh, if you want to scroll down to that again, people want to make this, this stupid argument going on right now in the world. Yeah, I don't think it, I'm more. And again, Jeff's not going to change it because it is what it is. But best indie game for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. Cocoon, Dave the Diver, Dredge, Sea of Stars, Viewfinder. And everyone's like, Dave the Diver is owned by Nexon. And that's a big company. And I'm like, sure. But like, for me, it's like when you say indie, like, you know what indie means. And then like, what is traditional? That's it. What does traditional publisher system mean? Like, what is that? What does that wording actually mean? I think what we need to come back to is actually what is the purpose of this category? Yeah. And I think the purpose of this category originally, way back in the day when we were like, that's a downloadable game, therefore it must be trash. Back in the PS3 days, we're like, oh, if your game is downloadable, it's not a AAA, whatever. It's, it's a way to highlight and recognize games that are good that might not otherwise get, see commercial success mm -hmm. is, is how I feel the category like originally was conceived yeah and or it's so like a game by a small team that is not you know it's not ea it's not sony it's not microsoft it is a small team doing something different and interesting in a smaller way than a traditional yeah. AAA game would and it's and it's a way of just like of calling that out and recognizing those smaller teams that don't get the love that they might actually that they might otherwise just deserve if they had you know hundreds of millions of dollars to advertise like Spider-Man 2 did. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's that was the spirit of this one. I don't care if we call it independent. I don't care if we call it indie. I, if we make up a brand new fucking name for it, as long as we continue to highlight those types of experiences. Yeah. Because, yeah, saying independent, people are like, well, an independent studio. It was like, well, okay, then just go ahead and put Baldur's Gate 3 as the winner because that is an independent game. Right. And it's the best game that's going to be there. And last year, put Hitman 3 there, even though it's a game made by, you know, 200 people or whatever. Technically, they're a self-published studio, so it's an indie. Like, this independent. I'm with you. It's like indie, we know. Again, it's like, you know you the feeling of the word. Yeah. Compared to, and again, when you look at the description, made outside the traditional publisher system, is Nexon a traditional publisher? 
you know like when i think language evolves you think, we got to change we got to change the right? word and we got to change the name it's so silly they've been fighting that like i feel like when someone says best this is an indie game you know what they mean yeah like even you know pentiment i'm like oh yes and pentiment seems like a small story game but obviously i know it's made by a microsoft studio I, that doesn't feel like an indie to me you know day the diver does dredge does like you know whatever i'm with you that's like a stupid but again, Jeff doesn't have to change shit. He's like, I'm not voting. I'm just tallying votes up. If they <laughs> if they write in fucking Harambe is the best indie game of the year, I got to put it on the list. I do <laughs> think that like for smaller outlets, for podcasts, for people who are hobbyists, just like look, like it doesn't matter what we use to describe these things because as you said, like we know what we mean. But when it comes to like the game awards are getting big, they are pulling in a ton of viewers. Like they are in some way influencing budgets of games bonuses employees get for games when it starts to get that big and official i do think there's a responsibility to make sure they are accurate like if dave the diver takes away from another indie if dave the diver wins this and takes away from cocoon or sea of stars or something like that Mm -hmm. And they don't get bonuses because of that, even though Dave the Diver has like whatever this traditional, non-traditional public, whatever that is. Like it is official enough that I think at Jeff Keighley Game Awards level, there needs to be specificity. Like we have to figure it out at that level mm -hmm. because it has real world, real world implications on people's job performance and compensation and whether or not they have a job next year and that kind of thing. So I think, yeah, it's big enough at this level and at this time that it it deserves clarification i think from jeff yeah we will see we will see and i'll just say good job on anthony mackie on getting a nomination for best adaptation good job twisted metal everyone go enjoy <laughs> that fun peacock show again that that's show it show was too too good for what it could have been that was surprisingly fun i don't have to tell you but yeah that's my segment that's us going over some of the awards we will do a prediction uh probably two weeks from now right before the awards actually happen and there will be stakes Last year, I won Rebuys, six months of Chad's life, six months of Alex's life. This year, maybe it's time served in hell. I don't know. Well, we're gonna bet something. Yeah. So you enjoy we, that. We can't do we can't do years off your life again because then I could just win that back, and last year was all for nothing. Oh no, I'm keeping those. I'm keeping those. Yeah, we got to do something completely different so that, that so that these have real lasting consequences. I'm sure I'll think of it not ten minutes before we turn on the podcast. <laughs> Dope. Well, thank you, Adam, for that segment. We've already done Game on Game Show, which means that brings us to the end of episode 332 of Respawn Aim Fire. Uh, very important announcement. If you are a patron at patreon.com slash respawnaimfire, or if you are not, but you would like to be in the next five days, I think is the deadline, mm. uh, there is a post in there. I'm going to do another post this week as like a reminder. Hey, you only have a few days left. If you would like to receive a special holiday physical item in your mailbox from us please respond to that poll uh, not a poll it's a it's like a google form with your mailing address and we would love to send you something um go do that as soon as you are hearing this right now and then while you're there you can also go and uh well you can't do barf polls because those have already closed you've already voted as patrons that um cozy is playing cocoon in preparation for game of the year conversations Adam is playing Alan Wake 2, and then the vote was tied for Alan Wake 2 and Hi-Fi Rush for me, so I'm just going to play both. And then, um, oh, one benefit that you do have 
if you are a patron. You can go to patreon.com slash respawningfire and right now view who wants to be a millionaire inspired game called Locked and Loaded. Right? That's up right now, right? Yeah, that is yes. the current one that's up. Yeah, on Patreon. Locked and Loaded. It is uh, another one of our monthly game shows that Cozy has put together. It is a fun-ass time. Adam and Chris Waterman, me and uh, Dave McQuaylude. Uh, that, that's his screen name. Uh, that's his real last McQua- name. I McQuain, not. I think, is his last name. I don't know. Don't put his government out there. He said it on the show. We're good. Yeah, um, yeah, that's out there. Well, damn it. Now everyone who's not a patron knows his name. Fuck. Shit. Well, if you're if you're <laughs> if you're a patron, you can go watch that right now. It was a again, cozy just like raises the bar every single time we do one of these new things. Uh, you also get free access. You get exclusive access to that for the first month, so you'll have that through the end of this month, and you will get access to the next one, which is going to be another fun one with some very feisty Canadian folks that are coming in from Cozy's side that we are recording in two days. Uh, so you'll get that on December first. For everyone who's not a patron and you hate us and you love getting things late and being late to the conversation, you have access to our Comedy Button episode of, uh, what do we call that Rafferty. show? Rafferty. Um, where we had Anthony Gallegos and S- Ryan Scott uh, from Comedy Button and Jerrica Hanna from JK Games. Uh, we had a good old fun time with that one too. Somebody just commented on YouTube like, this is excellent content, keep it coming. And then they subscribed to us on YouTube and I was like, dope if that was your way you. you're gonna be very pleased with the rest of our content i'm so happy yeah, yeah. that's it that's everything that's out there did i miss anything adam no i think you're good man that is a lot of stuff hope chad feels better um stop taking pictures in your bathroom you don't know that was my bathroom maybe i have a <laughs> toilet everywhere <laughs> All right, folks we will be back next week with a regular episode with a canadian on it back from britain and uh, for now, you can go to OnlyFans.com slash Cozy Bear live. <laughs> Looking to put his feet in the mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Until next week, here's our usual sign-off. Uh, I'm trying to remember whatever Cozy said about cream. Watch him cream on his Twitter or something. That's our sign-off. 